Hey guys, welcome back to the Common Warrior Podcast. We're doing things a little different with this episode. We wanted to split it into two parts so we can make sure that you guys get all the information that Brian has to offer and hear the rest of his story. So if you haven't checked out part one, make sure you listen to that one first because you don't want to miss a beat. So here it is, part two of episode 16. We hope you guys enjoy. So, uh-uh. um, so yeah, I, ha- I have had a nice little journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The transition was was not good. <laughs> so, I'm trying to get back to your man. question. So I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. The transition itself is so hard. <laughs> the transition itself is hard. Period. And I mean, like, I thankfully didn't have two hard of one just because I had spent a long time planning it to make sure that I was set up and it was ready versus how a lot of people they'll kind of, I feel like they always be like, I still, I still have six months. I'm fine. I I still have three months. I'm fine. I still have, you know, like I still got two months. I'm fine. And then, and then when they get to that last month and if then it finally hits them and they have no idea what the hell they're going to do. And it just, it just, they fall off a cliff at that point. Correct. 2015, uh, I retired uh, December 2015. November 2015, I had a job at DISA. That's probably the worst mistake I ever made. Okay. Wow. I was on con- convalescent leave and I started working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't take a break. But it, but you know what? I was already not, you know, I was already wearing suits and shit on planes and TDY and stuff like that. Undisclosed locations. Don't wear your uniform. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Yeah. So now I'm just in a suit two, three times out the week, you know, and business casual, but the mentality didn't change. My boss, yeah. when I worked, when I worked in the CAG combined actions group or the commander's action group in, in DISA doing strategy, um, was a Marine Lieutenant Colonel, you know, the, the, my immediate supervisor, GS 14 retired Marine captain, you know, so, you know, the GS 13 female that, you know, worked over on our team major in reserves. So, you know, there's the mentality didn't change, you know, but at that time there was a lot of dynamics going on for me. Cause when I was transitioning was a time that I, I got off of Ambien. I had been on Ambien for about 10 years. That's not good at all. <laughs> Signs of dementia. Yeah. Um, yeah. The military will hand that out like candy. Oh my God. So the only reason I got off of it is because one of my buddies, uh, I think it was Jeremy, he was like, Hey man, get Lunesta. It might have that weird taste in your mouth or something, but it's a lot better and it doesn't, you know, make you stupid. I was like, Oh, okay. So I started doing that. But at the time that I transitioned out of the military, the VA would not give me Lunesta. They gave me a, a, uh, uh, what's the, uh, generic, a generic version. And it did some weird shit to me. And yeah, like, but... like, I lived in, I lived outside of Baltimore, like where around, uh, you know, Fort Meade, I drove from my house in Glen Burnie, which is like outside of Fort Meade to Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Maryland. That's a two hour drive. I don't remember doing it. Wow. I showed up at a friend's house in Bethesda. They, they were like, Hey, you seemed a little weird. 
And I was like, I don't know how I got here, but thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for taking me in. And uh, yeah, so we're not doing that no more. So I, I um, wow. redid the medication and just I had issues with medication. I Up to that point, yeah. I hadn't been on any antidepressants or anything like that. Uh, and I still hadn't. Cause I was just, I was one of those people where I was like, I ain't taking no medication. It's going to make me weird. Da, da. Um, I'm trying to think at that time. Let's see. Rewind a bit through all the deployments and, you know, the stigma of if you're a Lieutenant Captain Major and you're going to go counseling Mm-mm. or um, when I should have gone to counseling, which was around the time of 1999 when my brother died. Okay, I should have been in counseling the next, you know, like week or whatever, you know, to 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 help me. So grieving is is weird, right? But and I think you need to learn to grieve personally. There's a really good video out there by all of all people, Billy Bob Thornton. Okay, his brother died, and he says, I will, always, "I will always be in a state of like, uh, you know." of like anguish and like at any given moment, I could just fall into anguish based on his existence and not being here anymore. There's a hole in me that will never be filled by anyone else other than him. Now, what happens to veterans and those people that have trauma because PTSD is not just for the military. um, What happens is you have a hole in you or are depleted in some way. And now you start trying to fill it with stuff, marriage, uh, alcohol, drugs, uh, promiscuity, friggin' fighting, violence, whatever it is. And for me, my drug of choice was marriage. <laughs> Romance. Someone saved me. Someone filled this hole in me. Yeah. And um, that didn't work out well at all. Uh, what I would, what I tell most people, and and I and after reading several books on this i mean ugh, is you need to lean into that pain man don't run from it don't run from it because it will catch up to you and i think it was you that said it just uh don't if you don't deal with it it's gonna come out you ain't gonna like 100 percent, yeah. man <laughs> so you know it's funny you say that because just the other day um you know i love watching the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't watch every single episode because those things will go for hours and hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But whenever I see a person on there that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I want to see what him and Joe talk about. He was, um, he was, did a podcast with Trey The Truth, Houston rapper, known him, love him, you know, grew up listening to his music, right? Mm -hmm. And I never knew, I never knew this much about Trey whenever he started, you know, talking about it. But apparently growing up his entire life, he never once drank, smoked, drugs, none of that. He did, he's full clean and sober dude all through his life and growing up, you know, in, in the, in the fifth war down, uh, third war down there. And then through the rap scene and still to this day, no drugs, no smoking, no drinking. And the way he described it was, he's like, look, you know, a lot of times when, you know, people are going through stuff, they'll. They want to get drink. They want to drink. They want to smoke. You know, because they're going through a lot. They just want to kind of, you know, help take it. Maybe take their mind off stuff, relax a little bit. You know, and so they'll just get drunk. They'll just smoke. They'll just have all that nice. stuff going on, right? But the way he saw it, he was like, "Well, I don't understand why I'm going to sit there and fill my body with drugs, with mm. with uh, smoke, with 
with alcohol and everything because guess what? Once all that wears off, those problems are still there. Yeah, I still got to face it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, when yeah. you said that, I was like, damn, that's good right there. Mm-hmm. That's it's all about leaning into yourself, man. I mean, when there's pain, a lot of people, you know, path of least resistance, hedonism, you're going to run from it. Yeah. But the best yeah. way for you to recover is for you to be like, you know what? I miss my brother. There's no one else like him. And I just have to face the fact that I'm going to live the rest of my life without him in it. And there's yeah. going to be a hole in my soul for the rest of my life. It's fine. As opposed to me trying to fill it with somebody else. They don't. They ain't gonna appreciate that. After a while, they're gonna be like, "I'm not him." Because yeah. guess what? Guess what? My mother did to me after he passed away. What? Tried to fill that hole in her soul with me. I was never a mama's boy. My brother was. Yeah. And it's cool. Hey, you know he was the favorite, and it's cool. I, I was cool with that. I'm an introvert. I'm like, go ahead, bro. You know, I'm cool over here. You know, and um, but. When he died, though, and especially when you're a military family, you know, I'm two years old in Nuremberg. You know what I'm saying? Only people I got is my mom, my dad, my brother. And my dad is in Reforger. I don't know if y'all remember those. I'll date myself right there. But, yeah. Long field exercises in Germany. Um, I mean, look, as a kid, I was going to the post theater for neo briefs. Okay? You know? And non-combatant evacuation operations um and and yeah man so I, I, my experience is not like the average black dude that you're gonna run into or 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 even the average army dude because as i told you there's only 300 fa30s out there you know if i if i told if i called my son right now and said hey you know hey you got any fa30s around you io guys like he'd be like what and is that an investigating officer what is that yeah because yeah and the things that we are asked to do, you know, can, can I give you a little background on IO? Because I keep saying it and people may not get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. go for it. So, so here's, how, here's how we used to teach it. And this came from an, uh, a friend of mine, Shannon, Shannon Callahan, I think. She changed her name now. She's, she's remarried. But she was a fellow instructor. And we sat down one day and we were like, how are we going to teach this? Because we, you know, have you ever heard of special technical operations? Or, or ACCS. Uh, I think I've heard just the term. Special access program. I've heard ACCM. of that. ACCM is uh, alternate compensatory countermeasures. Doesn't that sound ominous? But anyway. Um, so SAP and Stowe. SAP is like the program, the funding. Stowe is like a bunch of toys, right? So as it relates to, you know, fires and effects and all that kind of stuff and commanders it's like okay so just imagine you're a sea captain all right you're you're going along you know oh man these pirates are giving my nerves let me call up my neighborhood io guy hey dude what can you do for me about these pirates well okay sir what's the effect you're trying to achieve when you want to destroy do you want to usurp do you want to correct do you want to deny do you want to uh you know just what, what do you what do you want i want to destroy it okay io guy and my team hey guys we got pirates all right I got porpoises with grenades. Nah. I got octopus with machine gun. Nah. Sharks, with, sharks with freaking laser beams <laughs> on their heads. Yeah. <laughs> but if you can but if you can conceptualize the fact that you've told me you got a problem and you want it to go away. 
Conventional means haven't been working. Okay. So I got a bunch of toys I'm going to go to. And within the next couple of weeks, the pirates disappear. Was it me? Was it a tsunami? Was it a tidal wave? Did they run out of, did, did, did their sails get holes? I don't know. But we sent some stuff. No more pirates. All right. So uh, that's what we did. And in, a, in addition to a lot of other stuff, but man, that mostly it was, it was, you know, messing with terrorists, you know, and stuff like for, <laughs> there's so many stories where we just fucking with guys, man. I mean, we had one time where it was like, we had an x-ray, you've seen an x-ray with the ribs and whatnot. You say, you see that speck right there? Yeah. We've tagged your boy. We got your boy. We know where he is. Oh man. <gasps> Yeah. So, yeah, there's a there's a in all in all seriousness, it leads to a body count. All right. Um, of which at this stage in my life is just like with the Israeli Palestine thing. I could tell you front ways, back ways, historically, uh, you know, the Ishmael and, and Abra- uh, Isaac and Ishmael story of it all biblically. You know what I'm saying? I could do it. Are we going to stop that shit? No. Nope. No, it's some shit about to go down. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Israelis don't fuck around. You know, I was in I was in Egypt for a while, and we used to go into Israel, and we used to see some, you know, how they treated them folks. And look, you might have seen my Facebook post recently. I'm not watching, you know, tuning in to the, watch the Israeli war. Oh yeah, all right, tune in on Fox. No, we're not doing that. I will turn to watch my Eagles lose every every other time. I'm not watching the war. I'm sorry. I don't want to see the babies with the head cut off. Because guess guess what? When ISIS was real popular and they had those chop them up videos, guess who had yeah. to watch those? You. <laughs> because there might be something in there I could use to fuck with them. Yeah. But, you have to analyze every single bit yeah. of data. And, and, and then, and, <laughs> yeah. And then when, like, and you're doing stuff with the special guys, you know, jackpot or dry hole. Okay. All right. They like storyboards. When you do some successful operation with them, I remember very clearly a self-detonated dude that was being aggressed by forces, blew himself up, and they had a picture of it on the PowerPoint slide of his face on the plastic bag with the rest of his parts in the plastic bag. Okay. That's the kind of shit that I was having to look at. And analyze and friggin' so did I have some some nightmares and shit? Yeah, yeah. That would fuck anybody up. You know, you know the the and I've I've like I said I, I try to lean into stuff. One of the one of the worst nightmares or visions or whatever that I've had because sometimes I'd just be sitting on the couch and it would be like ah <laughs> you know it's like what the fuck. And have you ever seen uh, Spaceballs? Long and time oh yeah, Pizza the Hut. Yeah, but, but it was Pizza the Hut with human body parts and that fucking face on it. I shit you oh not. Oh my god! I shit you not. I used to see that shit all the time, all the time. And I was, I was, um, at the time, I was, I was engaged, and I, I, man, I, I used to tell her, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to counseling. I'm trying to, you know, get this thing under control." I, I was nowhere near, okay, because I had just started dedicating time to counseling after 
I retire, okay? While I have a high stress job, while I'm losing my capacity to be my, of my former self, right? I can no longer do that thing where it was like, hey, Brian, uh, what's the policy on that? Well, on page 200, paragraph 4-14, it says, ah, da, da. That's gone. Gone. I went through command and general staff college like that. I was stressed the fuck out. All right? Because I couldn't remember shit that I read the night before. And I felt like I felt like I was losing everything about me that was what made me me. And I, I'm trying I'm trying to date during that time. Man. Yeah. And what they don't tell you about Command Jones Staff College is like, hey, let me go ahead and um yeah, you just got back from deployment, so we're gonna give you a break. Commander General Staff College. Fuck you. We're gonna send you three papers a week. We're gonna send you to school to give you a break. <laughs> Motherfucker. That shit stressed me out more than anything else because because uh, okay, so in, in my normal capacity, maybe that's you know, it's a little challenging. Okay, cool. But not being able to remember what you just read and write a paper on it. Man, I felt like shit. I, I tried to off myself once during CGSC. Uh, somebody saved me then, though. I got all my top man attempts have been really weird. I mean, like, I grabbed a gun and I'm like, "Yep, I finished this paper and I'm doing it." Fuck you. Uh, and it was like, "I'm ready." It was my booty call. I forgot about. I got saved by a booty that, call. That'll that'll clear your mind up real quick. <laughs> Sometimes that'll do it. I flat out forgot. So I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" Yeah. So. Well, man, damn, dude, that is that is always a good thing to get saved by. I'll tell you that. Uh, well, real quick, mm-hmm. academics and training. What could you tell me about that? Because uh, that can mean a lot of different things when it comes Correct. to yeah, so, what you so, offer. So, one of the things we have going right now is we have a point of contact in um, the Veterans Service, the Veterans Affairs guy at UNCW that's here. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a former Marine. Uh, do I say former Marine or I say he was a he was a Marine? He isn't. He's a jarhead. Okay, there you go. All right, he's a veteran. It's always my sister, my sister was in the Marines. She switched to Army, so I'm just like, and every time I, I say the word Marine, she's like, Rah. I'm like. That's not a woman sound, but okay. That's a Marine sound. Yeah. All right. Um, so what were we talking? Oh, uh, academic training. So we have that point of contact within uh, UNCW. So this guy has his fingers in like, I mean, like everything academic wise, you know, how to get your VA, job, all that stuff. But not only that, it's like, there's a, there's the uh, student veteran organization and they act as, ex officios on our board of directors so they have like that line into all that what six thousand i think veterans that go to ufcw or something like that and so they have that population and like any of these initiatives you know we're, we're pushing to them as well as they're pushing stuff to us like like what we need to know hey did you know that there's a unit that does transitions now that's can you know commanded by i think a captain and whatever so i don't know but did you also know that every Transition program on every post is done differently. I believe it. What you got at Fort, what I got at Fort Meade is what you, what you, is not what you get at Fort Bragg. You know what I'm saying? So it's broken. 
right? And, and you know, I did my little bullshit two weeks of, of Fort Meade. You know what I'm saying? I, I did it. Sold it for life. Whatever we're going to call it. But was it enough? No. No. And uh, I think they're doing better now. I know for a fact they're doing better now. Okay, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash the 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 well the transition system because they're learning. Uh, they're trying to make it better. I like that you, you, you know you have people on your podcast that are still serving, so they can kind of course correct the 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 graybeards, you know, because um, and it's appreciated. I really appreciate that from when I have people that just got out at the table and they're like, yeah, we don't do it like that no more. It's like, okay, scratch that next. Um, and it's also a, an opportunity for those that are still serving to get some insight as to what they're going to be in five, 10, you know, two years. Um, and that's one thing I tried to kick to my son where it was like, dude, you, you, as a, as a commander, you kind of want to have your own niche. And why not have it be something that's beneficial to the troops that are going to be in your charge for the next two years that are probably going to get out a year after you leave command or while you're in command and say, hey, yeah. we start thinking about this stuff now. Because, because you know, my dad, he's a retired major and, you know, he had some problems when he got out, too. And 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 I guarantee you, he don't want you to do the same thing that he had to go through. And here's a, here's a couple of tips for you. Or. Yeah. Episode 15 we have coming up is uh, helping people to transition and separate. Um, yeah. me, and, me and Jess kind of really break it down to, you know, given that I actually fully separated, Jess separated from active duty right. and okay. then, and then she came back on an active duty. So in retrospect to me, if you separate from active duty and you go to reserve or guard, I mean, you still have to do a lot of preparation because right. you're, you're, you're technically going back to be a civilian, just not full time. One of the great things I did the other night, uh, I had a dude that, who I knew was a reservist and I wanted him to give his slant on life. And, and like, so he retired from the reserves, um, but I wanted to him to come in and give his slant on life as a reservist and transitioning out of that and kind of be it on the, the warrior, uh, citizen warrior thing. And how's that, how that works. And because those guys, some of them don't get the same level of support when they come back, you know, and because you're, I don't know if you have, you know, a base to go to, to do counseling and, you know, for a reserve unit that, that meets in, you know, a hundred miles away or 50 miles or whatever it is, you know, or national guard or whatever it may be. And I, I just, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of things, you know, because I work with some CIA dudes, I work with a lot of the, you know, the behavior modification people and, you know, the, the information domain, the cognitive domain and all that stuff. So experts, experts from those and those agencies from those people. And it's just really interesting how they select personalities to fill those positions. What I have to say about that is who is regulating the trauma caused by them being selected and doing that type of work? Because one of the CIA analysts I've talked to, he says, yeah, we look for people with ADHD. We look for people with, with kind of those those things that cause them to look at things, you know, and when they're hyper focused, it's like, holy shit, I can break this down. No, they're looking it's a different for type of perspective. It's a different way to um, try to break and press, solve the problem. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's as simple as this, where it's like, I'm an INFJ, which whether or not people believe in Myers-Briggs, I don't give a fuck. But I can tell you, I can send you a video right now that I sent to my mother when she was still alive. And she said, did you write this? Did you make this? It was called The Parents of the INFJ. And she was like, uh, where'd you get this? This is, this is, this is to a T who you, how you were. 
that, that's fine. I mean, and any, people can choose to believe it or not, but, and, and INFJs are less than like, they're like 1% of the population of everybody. Um, so, and when I it's it's interesting, you know, the psychology of a person, because when I started watching some of those videos and ran across like the whole INFJ thing that I was tested on before I even knew it, um, that the, the amount of, um, confirmation and affirmation of who I was, was in that. And I think there's, there's the par that parallels that, that military experience, because, you know, it's always more comfortable when you transition out and it's like, Hey, yeah, I was in the army too. It's like, oh, come here, come here. What the fuck? <laughs> Look, I, I took up a job. I've had two jobs since I retired. One, I was a college professor, uh, for about three months and me, me and the, um, <sighs> The executive director didn't get along. Long story short, there was a there was an investigation, hostile work environment. She had fired four number two positions, twenty two professors in five years. And after I was fired, two months later she was fired. It was it was crazy. So so that's what I'm saying. It's like sometimes stuff when stuff happens to me, it it doesn't not only does it rain, uh, it it's gonna be like a you know torrential friggin' it's a thunderstorm yeah i don't know what that is man i hate this i, I don't so, like to do so i'm looking at what you're saying infj introverted intuitive feeling judging and it gives you two different ones dash a and dash t which one are you that happened after the original myers briggs was written to the myers briggs was written by two sisters and the 1918 18 1900s this a stuff hmm. that extra stuff that happened after. So, so I can't, uh, I can't dash A is Yeah, so it says a dash A referred to as an assertive advocate and often displays confidence with relaxed demeanor. And then a dash T is, also, is known as a turbulent advocate, tends to be less confident and more easily stressed. I believe that that convolutes the whole thing, personally, the dash stuff. Mm. I think the 16 personalities, yeah. you go with that. You can, you can. You can actually, over time, as you live, switch from I to E. But the key yeah, yeah. is when you look at your scores, it could be if it's 16 points to be an I or an L or an E, you could be nine leaning I. And mm -hmm. then you got seven leaning E. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and like I said, when we okay. used to teach this stuff, people would be in class and like, I'm... I'm an introvert. I don't need to be an F-830. That's not what we're doing it, boo-boo. That's not what we're doing it. We're doing it so you can understand the other 16 personalities that are out there yeah. and how to influence them. So, oh, and not, uh, just, yeah. not just Myers-Briggs. We had all the different types of personality tests and stuff and how to assess people and interview and interrogating tactics and blah, blah, blah. So It says uh, 1940s, Isabel Myers and her mother, Catherine Briggs. I guess those are the ones who created this. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Who are psychologists? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, right. I need to take that again because I don't remember what my original result was. You know what's funny is um, um, I, I see INFJ, right? Mm -hmm. And I swear I saw that all over Tinder profiles. I never knew what the fuck it was. <laughs> Same. I never knew what the fuck it was ever. No one reads that shit though, because you know it's yeah. like I've been on dates and stuff, and you know, because I'm single, and and uh, I, you know, 
I'm not I'm not the dude women want to meet, really. You know, if you're 15 years out of a, out of a marriage and you just got out of it and it's less than a year, honey, I'm sorry, you're not for me. And 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 it's not just I'm, you're not for me. I'm not for you because you ain't ready. First of all, do you know who you are? You know, and and I I love I love when Christian women do this thing too, where it's like, and I I, I always love doing this. It cracks their face in half, and I love. Hey, did you know that God made the perfect the list of the the, the perfect mate for you? Did you know that? And they're like, well, where? Uh, you reading your Bible? Okay, so anyway, okay, so, so this is, yeah, and then I'll go, well, have you ever heard of Fruit of the Spirit? And they go, what? Kindness? Uh, you know, um, responsibility, uh, good with money, and, you know, just honorable, that shit. You know, yeah. you know what's funny? No, 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 no. Is I, I, didn't <laughs> I didn't say how much they make. I didn't say what color. These yeah. are qualities that your heavenly father said. You might want to select a mate with these qualities, bro. Yeah. And they don't read it. You know what's funny is um, anytime you have these types of uh, Christian women that throw that at you, right? Um, I, I saw this on TikTok and it was so yeah, – God, I could not stop laughing. Was, these people are like, did you know that men will arrive in heaven a full 30 minutes before women do? And then women are like, what? How? What do you mean? And they're like, it says it in the Bible. Genesis, whatever, or not Genesis, uh, Revelations, I don't remember what chapter it says. And when the seventh seal was opened, there was a there was silence in heaven for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not religious, but that's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. The first video I saw that the woman got up and walked off. And the guy's like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. Have you if you look at my Facebook right now? I have a controversial post on there because it's about a woman and she's talking about how the lesbian marriage rate, divorce rate is 72%. 72% for lesbians. So on my post, I'm like, is it us? I mean, so, think about it. You just get, you get all of that just emotion with two people. It, yeah. It's, you know, I'm not saying all women are like that, Jessica, but dude, that, oh, man. <laughs> there are a lot of women that are like that, but I am not speaking for all women. I, yeah. I'm just speaking yeah. as a person. I, I had already, I had there already, are some good out. ones out there. There are some had, that will <laughs> not destroy your bank account, won't destroy your family. Okay. There's some good ones out there, just like there's good men out there. Yeah. Not everybody's trash. They're not. I just prefer to stay single because it's, I just, I'm an independent woman and that's just how I am. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I, I am not single by choice. I'm single because the, 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 the pool is, I mean, the, the, the waters are muddy. (laughs) That too. Also that. (laughs) I tell you you what, now, if I didn't have. If I didn't have the amazing woman I have now, because God, I was so close to being a passport bro. I swear to God, like you guys heard of passport bros? <laughs> yes. Have yeah. you ever Jesse, heard of the two twenty brothers? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, really? Bro? I was so close. Yeah, I was so close to being a passport bro. But I, I oh, met no. a great woman. She, she actually brings have you me. Ever heard, have you ever heard of the two twenty brothers? Yeah. 
You have? I've heard I've heard the term. I've I've heard yeah. that. I don't really know. So I don't know like too much about it, but I know I've heard okay. that okay. before. Usually, it refers to a black dude who rem- remains in Europe because it's two twenty, not one ten. Makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You, but they, it's been applied to to other like American men. They say you know he's a two twenty yeah. guy. Okay, like the like the <laughs> mostly applies to, to black dudes. So they be like, oh, you a two twenty brother? Like what? Oh man! They're expats, you know, that live in abroad and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Stigma. We that was one of our results. Uh, one of the dudes who owns the mental health quad, uh, Ron Costella. I don't want to mess up his name because he's going to slap me in the back of the head or something. Retired colonel, West Point guy, good dude. Um, he led the the uh, 26 September session with all the local um, therapists and workers and all that kind of stuff and it was a good turnout the the um the results were yes uh the stigma is going to be there so let's just it's, it's a thing we know it's there let's move on um groups currently there is no some of the organizations in this area might might say that i'm lying when i say this but i went to the va clinic in wilmington i said do you guys have groups for ptsd and they told me no no I, let me make sure this is, that's not correct. I went there in 2018. Do you have groups? Oh, they have like something once a month. I looked into it. It didn't exist. Um, and currently there is no, you've heard of VA centers. Okay. Veteran centers. Sorry. Veteran centers, not VA centers. So there's a VA center in Jacksonville, in Fayetteville, in South Carolina, but not in Wilmington. So that's one of our, one of our things we're trying to get here. Uh, with the CFVRP. Um, the other thing, oh, geez, what was it? Oh, sponsorship program. Because I remember you guys saying on an episode three about the chaplain, the chaplain, the chaplain. And I'm absolutely supportive of that. I love it. However, when I transition and as a former Joe, it's like, all right, what were the things that kept me safe and, 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 and I could kind of, you know, work things out with my buddies. So there was the buddy system and there was a chaplain and, you know, you had formal training and all that kind of stuff. Great. But what, a, what happens to that in the transition? You lose your buddy system. You lose that chaplain availability. So what we do, uh, and I think social and tribe kind of brings in the clergy aspect of it. So when I do my, um, when we do events, I'm inviting clergy out there because Joe ain't going to talk to me, but he'll talk to the pastor, you know, and let's just go back to that buddy system. I have, I have pitched this idea to VA representatives in my area and they're like, man, that's such a great idea. How are we going to do that? I was like, well, you already have an app on your, the VA already has an app for it and no one's using it. It's called PTSD. Yeah. Hold on a second. I'm going to get the actual app name. Really? Yes. Hmm, I'm going to look it up too. Shit. PTSD coach. Dang. Oh, yeah. There you it is. You know where it says like get support? You can find yeah. people in your area. But there aren't any in here because no one uses it. What right. the fuck's the point so, of it? So <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know who manages the app. That's a, that's a different story. But what I've done is. Transition program over at Lejeune, over in Bragg, mm-hmm. 
and other places, I pitched this idea of like, hey, why don't you have a sponsorship program of willing participants? Because I'll put my name in the hat. Hey, send me five veterans that are transitioning. Yeah. You know, and you can categorize it by, you know, Mustangs if you want to. I'll take five Mustangs. Hell, I'll take five regular officers. I'll take five enlisted. I don't give a fuck. Okay. But they can reach out to me and say, hey, hey, Brian, you, you transitioned out when? Hey, man, 2015, man. But I really didn't transition until about 2018 when I got yeah. out of DOD and came down to North Carolina and started working as a professor. And then one day I'm sitting in the, in the classroom you know, or, or in the, uh, we were having a meeting. It was like 4.30 in the afternoon. The executive director, I already told you she was the equivalent of a Giftschlange. Anybody German here? Right, no. uh-uh. So Giftschlange is like the B word and the C word had a baby, right? All right. So, <laughs> all right. And she was giving us the business, all right, that day. And I sat back in my chair and I was like, well, after we were done and we were like forlorn and all that stuff. And I said, well, at least nobody's shooting at us. And you should see the looks that I got from then on. Like, like they wouldn't make eye contact with me. I felt I like am. Huckleberry in Police Academy. So, I mean, it's a it's a fair statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've made that statement on occasions, just sitting in my office when it's just a shit day. I'm yeah. like, oh, at least nobody's shooting at me. You know, by lobbing grenades at us, babe, we good. You know, it's a good day. You it's get to go great. home to your bed? Huh? <laughs> you get to go home to your bed, right? <laughs> I was like, I, I was watching the news, and that's kind of when I decided to stop watching this Israeli uh, and Palestinian and, and Hamas and, and all that shit. I'm sorry. Uh, the lady was on, and she was a civilian, and she was like, I think she was Palestinian. And she was fleeing, and she was like, at any moment, we could just die. And I'm thinking about how many times... My comrades have been in that situation. And yet we just were kind of like, just another day, man. It is what it is. Now it would freak some people out, but there were a, a, a number of us that were just like, still go, I'm going to lunch. What you going to do? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, like on my birthday in, in 2004, which was a couple of days before shit erupted. Right. I sent you that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to Camp Mule Skinner, Fob Mule Skinner, and I'm getting me a fucking cheeseburger because we ain't got one here on our fob. I don't give a fuck. Who's rolling with me? I sure did because I wanted a cheeseburger on my birthday. Damn right. So did I risk my life for a cheeseburger? I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> but I was going to have my motherfucking cheeseburger on my birthday. So, yeah, and I, and I did. But you know what that. Yeah, and then and then that whole thing happened uh, a couple days later. Well, God damn, Brian, this is this has been great, man. Honestly, this is this is a lot. I mean, like I, I go in with uh, zero expectations, but you yeah. you exceeded them. That's for damn sure because this this All has right. been fun. This has been quite a bit. It. But I really, I tell you what though, this will not be the last time we have you on. Just because, I, man, I, would dude, love to come back. I can tell you, I can I'm tell gonna, you that. I mean. Rusty, let me let me do one more thing, man. Go um, for it. To those that are transitioning and those living with PTSD, do what you can to protect yourself from that monster. If you're not going to therapy, go to therapy. If you're not taking medication, at least try it. Right? 
and see what and give it time. If you're not going to do that, get yourself a book like this. That's my moniker, by the way, for IO and PSYOP people. Anyway, um, get yourself a book. Write down all the things you like, all the things you love, all the places you want to go. And when that monster's knocking at your door, look at your list. Figure out why you're still here. On my list is my grandkids, my motorcycle, a walk outside in the sun, lift weights, go for a walk, um, ride your bicycle. Um, it, I call it my life list. All right. And, and get the hell out of your house. I have the rule of three. When it was COVID and I was extra, extra depressed, right, from bottle to bottle, from day to day. I may have still made it a rule of three. Don't spend three days in a row in here. Get out of the house. That's, that's probably the only reason why I lived through COVID. But, and then, you know, because I, I, I agree, there I, was, I was listening to something on suicide, and it's like, at any given time, it could happen. Shit starts leveling off, and then you're like, oh, it's all, all good. Dad's going to be okay. And then, well, what happened? I don't know if y'all seen, and I have this video somewhere on a CFVRP site where Deion Sanders is talking about um, su he was suicidal. At the height of his career, he's suicidal. And, and, wow. and the dude, in the, in the, cause he's in an interview and he, and, uh, cause he just threw it up. He threw it out there. He was like, Hey, what's your lowest point? He was like, man, I was suicidal. It was like, Deion's prime, prime time. Yeah. Cause, and it happened to me in 2013 when I got to Cybercom. Because I had accomplished all the things I wanted to accomplish. And I wasn't done yet. And I was a little like, what the fuck now? So, so be very careful. You know, just the, the, the goals. Get out. Lifeless. Have a solid network of friends and family. And, and, and try as best as you can with your friends and family especially to get them to understand where you're coming from. Um, I know that's not going to be easy, but there are several videos out there. There's a good video with this dude named Skyler. It's a six-minute video. He talks about his transition out of the military. All the shit that was, I was good at over there means nothing over here. I have to figure out something. And it's really the video itself, and I can email it to you, uh, Rusty, if you want. It's, it's all about the transition in veterans centers and how he, when he went to the veterans center, he was like, oh, shit, somebody understands what I went through. It's not some dude that ain't, ain't served nowhere. It's a dude that was in or, 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 or a lady that was in. And I was going to ask you a question. One last question is the MFLAC. Y'all kept saying that in your, in your um, video. What is that? That's um, – I don't know if that the transitions to the other branches or they might have something similar. But for the Air Force, it's a military, family, and life consultant. So what it is is they are licensed counselors, but the only thing that they're required to do when it comes to the military is a duty to warn. That's it. But they take no notes. Nothing goes in your medical records, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, if you for some people who feel like, yeah, but for some people who don't like, you know, because we say, hey, chaplain, because, you know, you don't have to be religious to go to the chaplain. And that's 100% confidentiality. You know, right. like they can't right. tell anybody anything no matter what. But some people still don't feel that that kind of comfortability, which is, which is fine. But the next step, best thing to that is go to the MFLAC, get a licensed counselor who can talk to you and do couples therapy and do all kinds of stuff. Um, they, they still won't report to the military unless they have a duty to warn. That's it. Well, uh, one more thing. Can I do that? One more thing. Two minutes. Go from dude. Go because for it. Brother. Go for it. 
this is this is why I filed my congressional uh, um, complaint last year after I got out of the bounce house, like I like to say. Uh, they made me go and do a re a psychological reevaluation, which uh, means, yeah. and this was this was the third time I've tried I've had to do that. So when I retired, they put me at seventy percent. They took me down to sixty percent after a year and another reevaluation because you're not as fucked as we thought you were. But we're going to send you over here to this dude that's not your therapist, and they're going to evaluate you. They took me down to sixty percent. Oh fuck. Um, I got that, you know, bumped back up due to other injuries. But after my uh, claim to to up my PTSD, after being in the mental institution, uh, they were like, yeah, we're going to send you out for another evaluation. So go see a stranger and talk about your trauma again. This is a bad idea for a number of reasons. Yeah. Uh -huh. I've known people that have shot themselves after these so-called reevaluations, right, before they went back to work. Um, me, myself, the, this last one, uh, you know, I rode my motorcycle to it. It was an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. Uh, I got out of there and I was like, I ain't no good, man. I can't, I can't ride home. I called one of my friends, talked to them for about 20, 30 minutes, and I was kind of good. But <laughs> I'm putting in for Social Security and disability. Guess what they want to do? Didn't y'all already see my records, bro? Why I got to do this again to some contracted psychologist that probably doesn't even see patients. You know, I could easily get kind of upset, maybe end up choking them out. I'm just saying a lot of stuff could go down. But but my yeah. point is, why am I sharing my trauma with a stranger and then expected, oh, have a nice day. Stop doing this shit. This is a bad idea. I've known people that have shot themselves after doing it. Okay. And that and and so I, I hope that's not something that people are 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 uh uh exposed to, but beware. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's God damn, man. I I really do appreciate it, Brian. Man, this like I said, you will not this will not be the last time we will have you on again and who knows what we'll talk about. It could be any be anything, I'll tell you what, but Man, Jess, any final comments, questions? Uh, just the same thing. Thanks a lot, Brian. It was great to meet you and great to have you on the show. And we're excited to have you back again. Appreciate you yeah. sharing your story, man. Thank you. This is, look, for me, I, I'm, I'm working on a book. Uh, I did, I've done like I think three other podcasts now. One was Christian-based. The other one was where like, you know, a, a Marine, Jose Herrera, uh, who was in 2-8. You've heard of 2-8? The most... The most um, the most casualties in Afghanistan in a Marine unit. That was his unit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, man, so he... Ugh, ugh, the number of friends that he's lost? Mm. Yeah. Uh -uh. Um, just to all my veterans out there, man, I love you. And keep doing what you do. Keep, you know, stay strong. Uh, seek out other veterans that have been there, done it. Um, keep knocking at the door uh, if you're not getting help. You know, it's very easy yeah. to fall into a, a vat of negativity. Very easy. You know, I tell people all the time, I said the average person has between forty to 60,000 thoughts a day. 60 to 70 Eesh. of those are negative. 60 to 70 yeah. percent are negative. All right. Well, all right, guys. So 
this episode will be uh be out here in a couple weeks, episode sixteen. So guys go make sure you go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TCW Podcast twenty three. We also have a new update on our link tree. You can apply to come on the podcast. If you go there, you uh it'll be a link, it'll say apply to come on. It'll fill out and then it'll, we'll get a we'll get an email and then with all your information and then uh we'll reach out and we'll we'll kind of touch get some details and touch base and see and see what we can work out. Other than that, guys, make sure you shoot us an email or DM if you have any questions, any comments, concerns, no matter what. Um, we recently just actually got a message about asking if we help with veterans housing. Now, we don't do stuff like that directly, but that's not something you ever want to not feel like you can ask. We will help you find the resources if you have a question, okay? Just because we may not offer it directly doesn't mean we won't help you get that resources if you need it. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening in. Cannot wait to bring you more content later, but thank you guys. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.